0: Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya, Jaya Nityananda Jaya, 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 jaya Devita Chandra Jaya Gorabakta Vinda. This is from the
1: Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu meets. Me, the meeting of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Raghunath Das Goswami. A summary of this chapter is given by Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Amrita Prabhava Bhashya. You can put that here if you want. As follows. When, when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went into transcendental fits of ecstatic love, Ramananda Roy and Suruptamadar Goswami attended to him and satisfied him as he desired. Raghunath Das Goswami had been attempting to come to the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for a long time, and finally he left his home and met the Lord. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had gone to Shantipur on his way to Vrindavan, Raghunath Das Goswami had offered to dedicate his life at the Lord's lotus feet. In the meantime, however, a Muslim official became envious of Hiranyadas. Raghunath Das Goswami's uncle and induced some big official court minister to have him arrested. Thus, Hiranyadas left his home. But by the intelligence of Raghunath Das, the misunderstanding was mitigated. Then Raghunath Das went to Panihati and following the order of Nityananda Prabhu, he observed a festival, Chidad Daddhi Mohotsava, by distributing chipped rice mixed with yogurt. The day after the festival, Nityananda Prabhu gave Raghunath Das the blessing that he would very soon attain the shelter of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. After this incident, Raghunath Das, with the help of his priest, whose name was Yadunandana Acharya, got out of his house by trickery and thus ran away. Not touching the general path, Raghunath Das Goswami secretly went to Jagannath Puri. After 12 days, he arrived in Jagannath Puri at the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu entrusted Raghunath Das Goswami to Swarup Goswami. Therefore, another name for Raghunath Das Goswami is Swarup Ragu, or the Raghunath of Swarup Damarar. For five days, Raghunath Das Goswami took prasadam at the temple. But later he would stand at the Singhadwar gate and eat only whatever he could gather by alms. Later he lived by taking alms from various chatras or food distributing centers. When Raghunath's father received news of this, he sent some men and money, but Raghunath Das Goswami refused to accept the money. Understanding that Raghunath Das Goswami was living by begging from the chatras, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu presented him with his own Gunjamala and a stone from Govardhan Hill. Thereafter, Raghunath Das Goswami used to eat rejected food that he had collected and washed. This renounced life greatly pleased both damodar Goswami and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. One day, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took by force some of the same food, thus blessing Raghunath Das Goswami for his renunciation. Pripagunarya Kugrihandha Kupad Udritabangya Ragunatham Nas Nasya Sarupe Viditane Vidatentar Angam Shri Krishna Chaitanyam Amumbrapady with the rope of his causeless mercy, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu employed a trick to deliver. Raghunath Das Goswami from the blind well of contemptible family life. He made Raghunath Das Goswami one of his personal associates, placing him under the charge of Surup Damanara Goswami. I offer my obeisances unto him. All glories to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all glories to Lord Nityananda, all glories to Sri Advaita Acharya, and all glories to all the devotees of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Thus, Lord Guru Chandra performed various pastimes with his associates at Jagannath Puri in varieties of transcendental pleasure. Although Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu felt pangs of separation from Krishna, he did not manifest his feelings externally for he feared the unhappiness of his devotees. The transformations undergone by the Lord when he manifested severe unhappiness due to separation from Krishna cannot be described. When the Lord acutely felt pangs of separation from Krishna, only Sri Ramananda Roy's talks about Krishna and the sweet songs of Surup kept him alive. Because the Lord associated with various devotees during the day, his mind was somewhat diverted. But at night, the pangs of separation from Krishna increased very rapidly. Two people, Swarup Damara Goswami, and the Roy, stayed with the Lord to pacify him by reciting various verses about Krishna's pastimes and by singing appropriate songs for his satisfaction. Shubala jaiche purve Krishna sukira Sahai gora Sukha Dana Hetu taiche Rama Rai. Previously, when Lord Krishna was personally present, Subala, one of his coward boyfriends gave him happiness when he felt separation from Radharani. Similarly, Ramananda Roy helped give happiness to Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Previously, when Srimati Radharani felt the pangs of separation from Krishna, her constant companion, Lalita, kept her alive by helping her in many ways. Similarly, when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu felt Radharani's emotions, Suruptamara Goswami helped him maintain his life. To describe the fortunate position of Ramananda Roy and Suruptamara Goswami is extremely difficult. They were renowned as intimately confidential friends of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The Lord thus enjoyed his life with his devotees. O devotees of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, now hear how Raghunath Das Goswami met the Lord. When Raghunath Das, during his family life, went to meet Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Shantipur, the Lord gave him worthy instructions by his causeless mercy. Instead of becoming a so-called renunciate, Raghunath Das, following the instructions of the Lord, returned home and played exactly like a pounds and shillings man. Raghunath Das was inwardly completely renounced, even in family life, but he did not express his renunciation externally. Instead, he acted just like an ordinary businessman. Seeing this, his father and mother were satisfied. When he received a message that Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had returned from Mathura City, Raghunath Das endeavored to go to the lotus feet of the Lord. At that time, there was a Muslim official collecting the taxes, of saptagram, PURPORT. Formerly, when the Muslim government was in power, the person appointed tax collector would collect the taxes of the local zamindars, or landholders. He would keep one-fourth of the collection for himself as a profit, and the balance he would deliver to the treasury of the government. When Hiranyadas, Raghunath Das's uncle, made an, an agreement with the government to collect taxes, the Muslim chadri, or tax collector, having lost his position, became extremely envious of him. Hiranyadas was collecting 2 million coins and therefore should have delivered 1,500,000 to the government. Instead, he was giving only 1,200,000, thus making an extra profit of 300,000 coins. Seeing this, the Muslim Chaudhary, who was a Turk, became his rival. After sending a confidential account to the government treasury, the Chowdhury brought the minister in charge. The Chowdhury came wanting to arrest, arrest Hiranya Das, but Hiranya Das had left home. Therefore, the Chowdhury arrested Raghunath Das. Every day, the Muslim would chastise Raghunath Das and tell him, bring your father and his elder brother, otherwise you will be punished. The Chaudhuri wanted to beat him, But as soon as he saw Raghunath's face, his mind changed, and he could not beat him. Indeed, the Chaudhuri was afraid of Raghunath Das because Raghunath Das belonged to the Kayasta community. Although the Chaudhuri would chastise him with oral vibrations, he was afraid to beat him. Purport, Raghunath Das belonged to a very aristocratic family of the Kayasta community. He had substantial influence with the local people, and therefore the Chowdhury or minister, was afraid to beat him. Superficially, he would chastise Raghunath Das with threatening vibrations, but he did not beat him. The members of the Kayasa community in India are very, excuse me, are generally very intelligent and expert in business management. Mm -hmm. Formerly, they were mostly government officers. They were mentioned even by Yeggyavalkya, as quoted by Srila Takra in his Amrita Pravaha Bhashya.
0: maha saha sikha dibi praja
1: rakshet Visheshataha. From this verse, it appears that the governmental officials of the Kayasta community would sometimes chastise the citizens and thus it was the duty of the king to protect the people in general from the atrocities of the kayastas in bengal the kayasta community is honored as almost as much as the brahmana community but in the upcountry of india the kayastas are considered shudras because they generally eat meat and drink wine in any case from history the kayastas appear very intelligent thus the muslim chhatri was afraid of Raghunath Das because he belonged to the Kayasta community. Tabe Kichu Chintila Upai She While this was going on, Raghunath Das thought of a tricky method of escape. Thus he humbly submitted this plea at the feet of the Muslim Chauduri. "'My dear sir, my father and his elder brother are your brothers. "'All brothers always fight about something. "'Sometimes brothers fight among themselves, "'and sometimes they have very friendly dealings. "'There is no certainty when such changes will take place. "'Thus I am sure that although today you are fighting, "'tomorrow you three brothers will be sitting together in peace. "'Just as I am my father's son, so I am also yours.' I'm your dependent, and you are my maintainer. For a maintainer to punish the person he maintains is not good. You are expert in all the scriptures. Indeed, you are like a living saint. When the Muslim heard Raghunath Das's appealing voice, his heart softened. He began to cry, and tears glided down his beard. The Muslim Chaudhary told Raghunath Das, you are my son from this day on. Today, by some means, I shall get you released. After informing the minister, the Chowdhury released Raghunath Das and then began to speak to him with great affection. Your father's elder brother is less intelligent, he said. He enjoys 800,000 coins, but since I am also a shareholder, he should give some portion of it to me. Now you go arrange a meeting between me and your uncle." Let him do whatever he thinks best. I shall completely depend on his decision." Raghunath Das arranged a meeting between his uncle and the Chowdhury. The matter was settled and everything was peaceful. In this way, Raghunath Das passed one year exactly like a first class business manager, but the next year he again decided to leave home. He got up alone one night and left, but his father caught him in a distant place and brought him back. This became almost a daily affair. Raghunath would run away from his home, and his father would again bring him back. Then Raghunath Dasa's mother spoke to his father as follows. Our son has become mad, she said. Just keep him by binding him with ropes. His father, being very unhappy, replied to her as follows. Raghunath Das, our son, has opulences like Indra, the heavenly king, and his wife is as beautiful as an angel. Yet all this could not tie him down, could not tie down his mind. How then could we keep this boy by binding him with ropes? It is not possible, even for one's father, to nullify the reactions of one's past activities. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has fully bestowed his mercy on him. Who can keep home such a madman of Chaitanya Chandra? Then Raghunath Das considered something in his mind, and the next day he went to Nityananda Gosai. In the village of Panihati, Raghunath Das obtained an interview with Nityananda Prabhu, who was accompanied by many kirtan performers, servants, and others. Sitting on a rock under a tree on the bank of the Ganges, Lord Nityananda seemed as effulgent as hundreds of thousands of rising suns. Many devotees sat on the ground surrounding him. Seeing the influence of Nityananda Prabhu, Raghunath Das was astonished. Raghunath Das offered his obeisances by falling prostrate at a distant place. And the servant of Nityananda Prabhu pointed out, there is Raghunath Das offering you obeisances. Shuni Prabhu chora dile darshan. Ay tora karimu Hearing this, Lord Nityananda Prabhu said, "You are a thief. Now you have come to see me. Come here. Come here. Today I shall punish you." The Lord called him, but Raghunath Das did not go near the Lord. Then the Lord forcibly caught him and placed his lotus feet upon Raghunath Das's head. Lord Nityananda was by nature very merciful and funny. Kautuki, Kautuki. Being merciful, he spoke to Raghunath Das as follows: "You are just like a thief." for instead of coming near, you stay away at a distant place. Now that I have captured you, I shall punish you. Make a festival and feed all my associates yogurt and chipped rice. Hearing this, Raghunath Das was greatly pleased. Raghunath Das immediately sent his own men to the village to purchase all kinds of edibles, eatables and bring them back. Raghunath Das brought chipped rice, yogurt, milk, sweetmeats, sugar, bananas, and other eatables and placed them all around. As soon as they heard that a festival was going to be held, all kinds of brahmanas and other gentlemen began to arrive. Thus, there were innumerable people. Seeing the crowd increasing, Raghunath Das arranged to get more eatables from other villages. He also brought two or four hundred large round earthen pots, two or four hundred large round earthen pots. He also obtained five or seven, especially large earthen pots. And in these pots, a Brahmana began soaking chipped rice for the satisfaction of Lord Nityananda. In one place, chipped rice was soaked in hot milk in each of the large pots. Then half the rice was mixed with yogurt, sugar and bananas. The other half was mixed with condensed milk and a special type of banana known as champakala. Then sugar, clarified butter, and camphor were added. After Nityananda Prabhu had changed his cloth for a new one and had sat on a raised platform, the brahmana brought before him the seven huge pots. On that platform, all the most important associates of Sri Nityananda Prabhu, as well as other important men, sat down in a circle around the Lord. Among them were Ramdas, Sundarananda, Gadadhar Das, Muradi, Kamalakara, Sadashiva, and Parandra. Tananjaya Jagadish, Parameshwara Das, Mahesh, Gori Das, and Hodakrishna Das were also there. Similarly, Udharana Dhatto, Thakur and many other personal associates of the Lord sat on the raised platform with Nityananda Prabhu. No one could count them all. Purport the devotees mentioned here are described by Srila Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in his Anubhashya. For further information, one may consult the following references in the Adi Lila, Ramdas, chapter 10, text 116 through 118. And chapter 11, text 13 through 16, Sundarananda, 11.23, gadadhar Das, 10.53, 11.13 through 15, and 11.17. Murari, the Murari mentioned herein is different from Murari Gupta. His full name is Murari Chaitanya Das, and he is a personal associate of Lord Nityananda Prabhu. Thus, one should consult chapter 11, text 20, Kamalakar, 1124, Sadashiva, 1138, Purandara 1128, Tananjaya, 1131, Jagadish, 1130, Parameshwara, 1129, Mahesh, 1132, Gauridas, 1126, Hoda 1147, and Udarananda Datta Thakur, 1141. Can everyone remember all those? Hearing about the festival, all kinds of learned scholars, brahmanas, and priests went there. Lord Nityananda Prabhu honored them and made them sit on the raised platform with him. Everyone was offered two earthen pots. In one was put chipped rice with condensed milk and in the other chipped rice with yogurt. All the other people sat in groups around the platform no one could count how many people were there each and every one of them was supplied two earthen pots one of chipped rice soaked in yogurt and the other chipped rice soaked in condensed milk some of the brahmanas, not having gotten a place on the platform went to the bank of the ganges with their two earthen pots and soaked their chipped rice there others who could not get a place even on the bank of the ganges got down into the water and began eating their two kinds of chipped rice. Thus some sat on the platform, some on the base of the platform, and some, okay. Thus some sat on the platform, some at the base of the platform, and some on the bank of the Ganges. And they all, and they were all supplied two pots, each by 27 men who distributed the food. At that time, Raghava Raghava Pandit arrived there. Seeing the situation, he began to laugh in great surprise. He brought many kinds of food cooked in ghee and offered to the Lord. This prasadam he he first placed before Lord Nityananda and then distributed among the devotees. Raghava Pandit said to Lord Nityananda, For you, sir, I have already offered food to the deity but you are engaged in a festival here, and so the food is lying there untouched. Lord Neenah replied, let me eat all this food here during the day, and I shall eat at your home at night. I belong to a community of cowherd boys, and therefore I generally have many cowherd associates with me. I'm happy when we eat together in a picnic like this by the sandy bank of the river." Lord Nityananda made Ragavapana sit down and had two pots delivered to him also. There were two kinds of chipped rice soaked in them. When chipped rice had been served to everyone, Lord Nityananda Prabhu, in meditation, brought Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arrived, Lord Nityananda Prabhu stood up. They then saw how the others were enjoying the chipped rice and yogurt with condensed milk. From each and every pot, Lord Nityananda Prabhu took one morsel of chipped rice and pushed it into his mouth, and pushed it into the mouth of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a joke. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, also smiling, took a morsel of food, pushed it into the mouth of Lord Nityananda and laughed as he made Lord Nityananda eat it. In this way, Lord Nityananda was walking through all the groups of eaters, and all the Vaishnavs standing there were seeing the fun. No one could understand what Nityananda Prabhu was doing as he walked about. Some, however, who were very fortunate, could see that Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was also present. Then Nityananda Prabhu smiled and sat down. On his right side, he kept four pots of chipped rice that had not been made from boiled patty. Lord Nityananda offered Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu a place and had him sit down. Then together the two brothers began eating chipped rice. Seeing Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu eating with him, Lord Nityananda Prabhu became very happy and exhibited varieties of ecstatic love. Lord Nityananda Prabhu ordered, all of you eat, chanting the holy name of Hari. Immediately the holy names, Hari, Hari, resounded. Hari, Hari. Filling
0: the entire universe.
1: When all the Vaishnavas were chanting the holy names, Hari Hari and eating, they remembered how Krishna and Balaram ate with their companions, the coward boys on the bank of the jamuna Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Nityananda Prabhu are extremely merciful and liberal. It was Raghunath Das's good fortune that they accepted all these dealings. Who can understand the influence and mercy of Lord Nityananda Prabhu? He is so powerful that he induced Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to come eat chipped rice on the bank of the Ganges. All the confidential devotees who were coward boys headed by Sri Ramdas, were absorbed in ecstatic love. They thought the bank of the Ganges to be the bank of the Jamuna. When the shopkeepers of many other villages heard about the festival, they arrived there to sell chipped rice, yogurt, sweetmeats, and bananas. As they came, bringing all kinds of food, Raghunath Das purchased it all. He gave them the price for their goods and later fed them the very same food. Anyone who came to see how these funny things were going on was also fed chipped rice, yogurt, and bananas. After Lord Nityananda Prabhu finished eating, he washed his hands and mouth and gave Raghunath Das the food remaining in the four pots. There was food remaining in the three other big pots of Lord Nityananda and a brahmana distributed it to all the devotees, giving a morsel to each. Then a brahmana brought a flower garland, placed the garland on Nityananda Prabhu's neck, and smeared sandalwood pulp all over his body. When a servant brought betel nuts and offered them to Lord Nityananda, the Lord smiled and chewed them. With his own hands, Lord Nityananda Prabhu distributed all the, to all the devotees whatever flower garlands, sandalwood pulp, and betel nuts remained. After receiving the remnants of food left by Lord Nityananda Prabhu, Raghunath Das, who was greatly happy, ate some and distributed the rest to his own associates. Thus I have described the pastimes of Lord Nityananda Prabhu in relation to the celebrated festival of chipped rice and yogurt. Nityananda Prabhu rested for the day, and when the, and when the day ended, he went to the temple of Raghurva Pandit and began congregational chanting of the holy name of the Lord. Lord Nityananda Prabhu first influenced all the devotees to dance and finally he himself began dancing, thus inundating the entire world in ecstatic love. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was observing the dancing of Lord Nityananda Prabhu. Nityananda Prabhu could see this, but the others could not. The dancing of Lord Nityananda Prabhu, like the dancing of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, cannot be compared to anything within these three worlds. No one can properly describe the sweetness of Lord Nityananda's dancing. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally comes to see it. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai shiva das Goswami ki jai shi. Gaur premanandi haribo. And just a little bit from where we left off. I surrender to the lotus feet of Sri Nityananda Ram, who is known as Sankarsana in the midst of the Chaturviyuha, consisting of Vasudev, Sankarsana Pradyumna Anani Ruta. He possesses full opulences and resides in Vaikuntaloka, far beyond the material creation. Is everyone okay? Okay. Purport. This is a verse from Sri Swarup Damodar's Dhammadhar Goswami's diary. It appears as the eighth of the f- first 14 verses of Sri Chaitanya Tamrita. Okay, here comes the next verse and, and a couple of paragraphs. Ready? Are you sure? Yes. Prakritira para paravyoma namidham Krishna vigraha jai che Vibhutiadi Gunavan, Prakritira, the material nature, para beyond, Paravyoma, the spiritual sky, Name, in name, Dham, the place, Krishna, Vigraha, the form of Lord Krishna, Jaiche, just as, Vibhuti Adi, like the six opulences, Gunavan, full with transcendental attributes. Translation, beyond the material nature lies the realm known as Paravyoma, the spiritual sky. Like Lord Krishna himself, it possesses all transcendental attributes, such as the six opulences. Purport, according to Sankhya philosophy, the material cosmos is composed of 24 elements, the five gross material elements, the three subtle material elements, the five knowledge-acquiring senses, the five active senses, the five objects of sense pleasure, and the mahatatva, the total material energy. Empiric philosophers, unable to go beyond these elements, speculate that anything beyond them must be a yakta or inexplicable. But the world beyond the 24 elements is not inexplicable, for it is explained in the Bhagavad Gita as the eternal sanata nature. Beyond the manifested and unmanifested existence of material nature, Vyakta Vyakta vyakta, is the sanata nature, which is called the Paravyoma, or the spiritual sky. Since that nature is spiritual in quality, there are no qualitative differences there. Everything there is spiritual, everything is good, and everything possesses the spiritual form of Sri Krishna himself. That spiritual sky is the manifested internal potency of Sri Krishna. It is distinct from the material sky manifested by his external potency so there are uh, great endeavors everywhere in the world to describe the material world there are universities from coast to coast in America in which there's an exhaustive study of various aspects of this world And entrepreneurs, like those who started Google, if you're in here, I can't recognize you because of the masks, (laughs) have taken up a project to make all information available at every second. This is their idea. All they want in exchange is your privacy. And it doesn't matter how much information they're able to funnel through a device. It doesn't uh, give information that's beyond the closed system of the material nature, this universe is encased in various layers of material nature, each one 10 times thicker than the last earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence and ego. And the living beings within this universe are getting faulty information. Pratyaksha Inf- means aksha, means eyes. It's coming from somebody else's eyes. If it doesn't come from your eyes, it came from somebody else's eyes. Pr- pratyaksha, information. Somebody saw it and they passed it on to you. But the, their experience is within the elements named earlier by the Sankhya philosophers. So no matter which ways you count it, you can go deeper and deeper into the material nature. And as Vrindavan Priya Prabhu told me the other day when I said, what happens to a physicist who goes uh, unlimitedly uh, deep within the study of the material elements? He said, he comes to a void. (laughs) There's no answer there. There's no answer on Google either. unless you Google Hare Krishna. Um, but the, the endeavor to gather information in this material world is, has been going on since uh, time immemorial. Human beings try to get information. There's another aspect of, of human society and of learning. Like for instance, in the humanities, what are those all about? Over the last couple hundred years, there's been more of a divide between philosophy and religion and, and aesthetics. And a, a sense has grown in the world, has it not, that through science we will describe everything. And everything else is basically not so important. It's just incidental and pretty much nonsense. But from the point of view of the, of the Hare Krishna, we welcome her grace. Irmila, Devi Dasi, Hare Krishna.
0: (laughs) Everybody stand up.
1: Shri Radha Madha Mohan. Hare
0: Krishna, Hare Krishna.
1: This is part Hare of the individual, spontaneous and right? Now <laughs> that you're here.
0: <laughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama.
1: Not at all. You're the main event. Thank you very much for coming. We welcome you. Thank you. I'm sorry, it was a completely last minute decision, like literally. That's welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> Hare Krishna. For those of you online who maybe not have understood what happened, Her Grace Irma Devi has uh, come to ISV for the first time, and we're just welcoming her. She's um, one of the uh, early pioneers of the Krishna consciousness movement, and has remained uh, a leader in the. world of Shastra and research and presenting Krishna consciousness in relevant ways all over the world. Um, And uh, this is our first time to ISV, so we're deeply touched. It's a very auspicious sign that as we're beginning to open our doors, we've attracted the great Vaishnavi. Correct? Everyone agrees? Say hello. So in the, in the um, process of pratyaksha, that is coming from the eye level and observing the material nature, even those with very advanced technology become confused. As mentioned in the Muhyanti f- Yatsurayaha, in the first verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam. The material nature is bewildering, even for the devas. Krishna manifested, and it appears to be real. We know even Brahma, who tried to exert his mystic potency, was bewildered by Krishna's overwhelmingly powerful potencies. And therefore, a, a different method is required to understand what's beyond this world. As this is being described here, the paravyoma is beyond the material nature and is full of the opulences of that Krishna himself has. And that can be understood by surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Atashri Krishna naamadhi hijivado puratyada. One cannot... See Krishna or the spiritual nature with one's blunt material senses. However, if one takes the mood of a servant and begins that service in yoga with the tongue by chanting Hare Krishna, then Krishna, nayamama pravachanena labyona medhyana bahuna shuteena. If he decides, uh, of course, this verse I just quoted says, you can't see Krishna, even if you're very expert, if you're a very intelligent expert, meaning you can give great lectures. But he reveals himself, his own form, to those uh, to whom he's inclined to reveal it. And therefore, the process of devotional service is to take the, the... humble position of a servant and the message of Krishna comes down through his parampara and representatives who meet us where we are in the world and speak uh, as representatives. Devotees become the representatives of the Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. says that they are like vajjas or doctors that travel around with a little black bag to administer the medicine that's necessary to awaken a soul. And in that little black bag, these devotee doctors carry hymns and instructions. The hymns are the transcendental vibrations that we heard about in the Brahma Samhita earlier. Uvacha purtas tasmai divya serasuti through the um, representative of the lord the mantra is uttered and when a soul hears it it awakens within the heart uh, a remembrance of one's spiritual nature which is remarkable and then there are instructions to accompany it the instructions uh, give one the ways in which to organize one's life in order to take full advantage of the transcendental sound vibration tanam arupa charitari sukirtananu smriti yogrameena rasanam anasini yoja tishtan vraje tananu ragi chananu gami kalam nayet akilam ityopedeshasaram he gives dasarupa goswami the essence of all advice that one should organize one's life around this principle of hearing, chanting and remembering, but it all begins with hearing about the Supreme Personality of Godhead and His instructions and about the spiritual world. And if it, if received through the proper channel, then the sound vibration has the potency to awaken within the mind and heart of any living entity or at least one who's not pretending to be asleep the possibility of of going back to the spiritual world though i remember a profound experience i had in new york city when we were having a harinam sankirtan we'd leave right from the temple and go out because that's possible in new york every place is a sankirtan spot including it right outside the door and I must say, we had a robust Hadinam party with several mudangas and enough cartels to attract attention. And uh, devotees enthusiastically burst from the temple going down the street. And it was a a joyous sound vibration that could not be denied unless one was determined to deny it. And I noticed that as we went by, uh, Many people, well, everyone, had some reaction. And that included in that were, were non-reactions, which were the most interesting to me because it obviously couldn't be denied. The joyous singing and the, the holy names, which were bouncing off the walls of the buildings and I noted that there were some men loading boxes, and we went right next to them, two feet away as we passed by them. And they went on with their work without lifting their eyes from the boxes and looking or noticing or indicating, giving some kind of uh, appreciation. Some people gave appreciation, waved. Other people at least said, you know, you guys this is crazy the opposite of love is not hate it's indifference and so those who didn't look up at all i i had this feeling of the causeless eternal desire of the nityabada to avoid krishna and so th- this is um, something that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also came to um, awaken even those who would uh, uh, try to avoid him. He thought of ways to build a network that everyone, including those who were rascals, could uh, eventually be captured. and. Uh, take to the process of Krishna consciousness. So those are a few preliminary thoughts, but let's have some reflections and questions in order to expand the conversation. Are the microphones ready? Yes, Sundarananda Prabhu. Um,
2: I was uh, thinking about the point uh, when you were talking about uh, Krishna reveals himself towards um, I was remembering um, from Krishna book the pastime of Kaliyavana. He tried to actually catch Krishna by running behind Krishna, and Krishna was just going through his army, but he was not able to capture Krishna. At the same time, Muchakunda um, was actually sleeping in a cave nearby, and Krishna uh, went to him and delivered him. So I was just uh, reflecting on the pastime as you are talking about how Krishna chooses to reveal himself as he desires.
1: Please give me a verse from the Sri Isha Panishad about how he can run faster than anyone. Take the mic. Tathayjati, let her do it. Keep going. It's in the neighborhood. Say it loud with confidence. Go ahead.
3: Means? Um, yeah. See, see he, um, The Supreme Lord walks and he does not walk. He is far away yet he is very near as well. He is within everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet
1: he is outside of everything. And what's the next one? the one the one that fits the purpose It's just before that I think huh go ahead Anijari kamana soje naina deva apnu van purvan arsha tadavatanyana titi tasmina puma tarishva darati Let's look at that please Can you grab the book and put it up You got to go fast though. So Krishna's position is described in the beginning of the Sri Sripaniṣad. Ane <laughs> jārikam manaso javio, nainā deva nuvan puravanarṣat tad dāvatun yāna dhyeti tishtat cisminapu mātariśvata dhāti Although fixed in his abode, the personality of God it is swifter than the mind and can overcome all others running. The powerful demigods cannot approach him. Although in one place he controls those who supply the air and rain, he surpasses all in excellence. What else? Prabhu Govinda, good to see you. Partially,
2: I mean. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Actually, Sundaran Prabhu mentioned about Kalyavan and uh, Muchukund. So, I just happened to see on YouTube that there is uh, the place where uh, Muchukund was sleeping, is actually in Rajasthan. It's in a place called. I'll,
1: R- I'll translate for you because it's almost impossible to hear through whatever those master... M2? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: Hare Krishna. Sorry. So I, I, by chance, I came to know that uh, that place where uh, King Muchukund was sleeping is actually in Rajasthan. It's a place called Dholvir, uh, Dholpur. So, so, and, and they have built a Radha Kund style um, kind of a you know structures etc. And there's a place for King Muchukund uh, there as well, uh, temple. So so basically, Krishna ran all the way from Gujarat to Rajasthan. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, and, and uh, obviously it's d- it described that Krishna kept Kaliyavan at a hand's distance so that he was always encouraged to like, follow him and run after him. So that's so amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is amazing. There's a way in which when Lord Nisringadev had apprehended Hiranyakashipu and then he let him go, and the, De- the devas were watching, and they became alarmed because they thought, now he saw us watching and cheering on <laughs> the enemy. It's going to be twice as bad. And Prabhupada prophet explains that sometimes it appears that a person who's, who is uh, dedicated to materialistic way of life is getting the upper hand in the world. And it's like, well, maybe they do have it better. And maybe they have it right, actually. Maybe the whole other thing is just uh, an, imagina- an imagination. Uh, however, Prabhupada explains that uh, this is, it gives him a little bit of false hope, but then he grabs him again and pulls him in. He describes also how a cat plays with a mouse before devouring him. So sometimes it appears that somebody dedicated to Materialism has a little bit successful. It seems to be happy for a while, but then is overcome by the inexorable material nature and swallowed up again. Sri Prahlad Maharaj said, Nishpijamanam Bibo Prapanam, that he was fearful of being caught again in the great wheel of time, pulled away. So he's taking shelter of Lord Nishingadev. Yes, one,
4: two. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, Pranam, Prabhupada. I was really appreciating the point where you said um, we have to take a humble position as a servant. And um, I was remembering Prahlad Maharaj's prayers where he actually asked from Narasimhadev that I want to become a servant of a devotee. Like he does. Even though he has narsimhadev in front of him, he still prays for life after life he wants to be the servant so I really like that point of I um, just wanted to know some more thoughts like how to develop that mood because we've always heard that we can never approach Krishna just ourselves if we can approach only by devotee so by being servant of the dasana dasana Das so if you can give some advice on how to get that mood?
1: Well, first of all, we can take Krishna's own perspective. Puja In the 11th Canto, he says that actually the best kind of worship is worship of my bhakta. And he also describes how he takes the dust from the feet of his uh, devotees in order to purify himself this is these are his uh, statements and if Mahayam he declares to durvasa muni when durvasa comes to him directly and says please give me uh, shelter from this sudarshana that's uh, pursuing me and he, and the lord defers to Ambarish Maharaj and said he's, he's my peer devotee and declares openly that I only think of them and they only think of me. They're in my heart, I'm in their heart. And he gives them, him this indication that you have to go to Ambarish and, and take shelter. And of course Prabhupada gives the logic which is easily testable anywhere at least in my neighborhood in Burlingame because it's dog loca everyone <laughs> no one is allowed to go for a walk without a dog in my neighborhood and and if you approach somebody walking and you say hi how are you uh, you look great today they'll think maybe you're an axe murderer or something like that <laughs> but if you say is that a Labrador they'll immediately stop and tell you their whole family tree (laughs) and want to know if you want to come over for movies later with the family and things like that because as Prabhupada said, love me, love my dog. And so knowing that the devotees are dear to Krishna and that he openly says that they are Most dear to me and worshiping them is the best. We can take his word for it. We can also see for ourselves the logic behind it and in a practical way just understanding the ontology of the whole situation We're not actually after Krishna We're after love for Krishna and Bhagavatas. tirta tirtani svantak told vidura that you are a walking place of pilgrimage because you carry within your heart uh, the Dham. and actually what the devotee carries within his or her heart is uh, prema love for krishna who is the most that's what we want, actually. We want love for Krishna. The surup shakti is there within the uh, heart of the, the devotee. So, tadvidi pranipatina prasnena sevayu upadakshantite jnanam jnaninas Krishna recommends in the Bhagavad Gita that if you if you want to advance in knowledge of me and in the spiritual path, then approach somebody who has it. And then gives three pieces of valuable advice, They're sometimes described as jewels, that you can wear as a... uh, Well, you could make a bracelet, or wear them around your neck, but that is approach, as in pranipat. Go there as a completely surrendered person. Like, I give up any other kind of idea, that I know something, this is recommended by Brahma, a third verse in the 10th canto, 14th chapter. Gyani prayasam udapasyanamante eva, jivanti san mukaditam Vartam stani stita, shuti katam tanuvan manobiri, ye prayasu, jita dito, tais taistrilokiam. So when I'll connect the other thought, but when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Ramananda Roy about the, the best process for understanding Krishna, and Ramananda Roy began with uh, talking about Varnashrama, and then about giving up Varnashrama, and then um, doing karma, Mishra Yoga, a, a Bhakti, Karma Mishra Bhakti, and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected these out of hand, said they're external. But then he's told the verse from Brahma, jnāne prāyasam udapāsya. Udapāsya means completely, without uh, any trace left behind, the endeavor to understand Krishna directly. jīvānti-sānmukhalitam bhavadīya-vārtam, uh, <laughs> one can uh, regain one's life by this process of stanistita tanavan means dedicating one's uh, self to hearing from the self-realized souls, hearing from and worshipping with one's body, mind, and words the uh, the topics of the Lord, especially Shriman Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, and then then one can conquer the unconquerable. And how is that possible? Because Krishna is conquered by the love of his devotees, he becomes submissive to them. so tadvani pranipatina, if one becomes submissive to somebody who has this uh, within his or her heart and also renders service and asks relevant questions, which is not easy to do and you may notice this and if you're For instance, if you study uh, um, music and you don't practice, when you go back to your teacher, he or she will say, do you have any questions? He goes, I don't have any questions. It means you didn't practice. Because if you practice and practice, then somewhere you're going to come to a point where you say, well, how do I do this? How do I do that? So those who are serious about devotional service also, they're trying, and therefore, and they're hearing. The best hearing and chanting sessions generate good questions, and we walk away hungry. I have to ask another question, uh, and it never stops, the process. So tadvidi pranipatena praiprasneena sevaya. And if you render service, then the person becomes inclined to you, and as Buryodhana Prabhu once said, then his or her heart opens. It's, a, it's quite palpable when somebody's heart opens to you. You can see in their countenance if they're kind of disgusted with the question you ask. Like once a devotee asked Prabhupada the question, I know him too personally who he is, but I won't mention his name. He was just a Bhakta at the time, but he asked Prabhupada, have you met Indra? And Prabhupada became disgusted. He said, what difference does it make to you whether or not I've met Indra? And Thirikram Maharaj jumped up and he said, "If Indra met Prabhupada, he'd be lucky." <laughs> and so, if 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 you if you go in the right mood, that is that I'm very, I'm I'm ne- I'm a needy person and I want to serve you and I'm 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 seriously interested in knowing the truth and I'm open to what you have to say. After one has triangulated and done one's due diligence to understand how it is that the message of Godhead can come through a, a person locally, what is the qual, qualification of such a person? And, and that is that he or she is Tasmagurum Prabhadhyeta Jignasu Shreya Uttamam Shabde Paritanishnatam Brahman Yupasham Such a person has taken a dip in the ocean of transcendental knowledge and is also fully absorbed in the same process and has heard sufficiently through the same process from a guru and served, has some skin in the game, and therefore is uh, experienced and is um, lined up properly. Then, from such a person, Krishna says, if you're sincere and, and approach in these ways, that knowledge will come to you. It will flow down to you. Uh, not just knowledge but the ways and means to serve Krishna and the mood, the actual mood of service to Krishna will will come into one's heart. It's just a little something. Okay, a couple more, please.
4: Thank you, Maharaj.
1: Okay, we have Prabhu and then Bali Mardan. Hi Krishna Maharaj. And we should watch online too in case, not to neglect now that we're here in person. our Zoom brethren, okay, go ahead.
5: From the earlier reading, I like the point where uh, Raghunath Das Goswami's father is telling that Raghunath Das Goswami has achieved the full mercy, complete mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and who can stop madmen of Chaitanya Chandra? So I was just thinking uh, the devotees who have that mercy can do incredible service, something which sometimes appears to be impossible.
1: Yes, and it's indicative also of your question Uh, Pavani Bhakti, that that Raghunath Das became successful in approaching Sri Taitanya Mahaprabhu, heart and soul. He wanted to join him, but he wasn't able to. He kept uh, failing in his attempt. His father would send out out a search party and bring him back. But after he meets Nityananda Prabhu and gets his blessings, and Nityananda Prabhu is uh, the origin of the Akanda Guru, Tattva, he's the, the sum total of, of all gurus. And so that after he meets Lord Nityananda, that paves the way for him to actually uh, escape from the material nature. You have to have uh, escape velocity to get out of the, the gravity of the material world. And that, to get that, you need guru. Guru means heavy. Lagu means light. So the disciple is light, I'm light, I can be blown away, but I need some some heavy person who's fully situated in in the process of Krishna consciousness. And so Nityananda Prabhu is the representative of all gurus. Or those who represent Nityananda Prabhu is considered a guru. Bali Prabhu.
6: Hare Krishna. First of all, after a long time, 15 months, we are assembling in the hall with. <laughs> 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 Thank you for the association, probably in person. And uh, my realization is how Rahunadas Goswami in Sri Chaitanya Chaitanya as you're reading, uh, he started consuming Mahaprasadam and attached. And later on, he was not after Mahaprasadam, rather than the is left in the canals, which is coming from this Atranala, uh, as well as then he also moved into different uh, chhatras, means different anathlases, then he's collecting alms. So, Vairagya Vidya Nijabhakti Yoga. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so pleased with the renunciation qualities of Raghunatha Goswami and he offered him like Gunja Mala and the Govardhan Sila. By such practices only, we do not need to endeavour by eating Mahaprasadam very proud rather than how he has developed the qualities of renunciation. That is pleasing to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he took care of him. That was my insight. Thanks for bringing
1: it. Thank you very much, Hare Krishna. Manjul Lukanta. That was beautiful, Bali. Thank you.
7: Um, Maharaj, I really liked um, the point that you were saying when you went on um, Sankirtan uh, in New York, and uh, you were talking about how indifference is such an important way to express your, your, your lack of desire to do something. And I was thinking that indifference is such a strong expression. Even stronger than hate or frustration. Because it's it's just um, it came to me that Srila Prabhupada, when we hear Srila Prabhupada's disciples talk about him, they say that, you know, it's just a glance. We they hardly get to talk to him or say anything. But the way he looked at them, they felt so loved and cared, and they didn't they didn't they didn't hesitate to give their life away for that one glance that they received. And the other side there is Parikshit Maya's story where he ends up at the ashram and he's upset and offended because the Brahman there who was, who was in, his, uh, in his prayers, he acted like he wasn't there at all. There was an indifference that upset him so much that all Srimad Bhagavatam. And I was thinking so much about it because at home when I have my deities, sometimes there are days when I already have prasadam at home and I can't do uh, cooking or something. And what you said really connected back to me. And I was thinking, by not giving them that attention, how indif- by giving them my indifference, how offensive is that towards my own deities or anybody? I was very nice, Maharaj. I, I, that was my takeaway that, you know, indifference is more offensive than even your anger or frustration. Thank
1: you. At least get a little angry. But, but this is an important point. Ignorance, you can also pronounce it ignorance. It's a process of ignoring. Somebody could look it up, please. Etymological Dictionary. And the whole material world is a facilitation of that tendency to ignore Krishna. And then it becomes institutionalized in the social systems of the world. Everyone uh, develops layers of protection against having to think about Krishna, or about death for that matter, because that's how Krishna comes to those who are determined to ignore him. And then he says, well, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I'm coming for you. Uh, but I forget about that also. There's a, um, a book about uh, denial of death and how Every human endeavor is the is the hypothesis of the the author is to put off, avoid thinking about death. So it becomes uh, it actually and Prabhupada mentions this in his writings. It's a very difficult to be in ignorance. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, like if you live with a with another person. Let's just say, and you decide to to give them the the silent treatment, which is not recommended. It's horrible, actually, isn't it? I mean, doing that is is torturous, and is and uh, it tortures the other person too more. So as you're bringing out the point, than if you said, "I, I hate you. You always do that." <laughs> that's that's not a very good communication process, but. It's better than not saying anything. Slam the door and go, even slamming the door, just go away and don't say anything. And if you consider that the whole material world and the darkness of the, of the world grows out of that idea that I'll ignore the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then darkness ensues. Krishna Surya Sama Maya Hoya there's, there's a way in which Krishna consciousness is so simple. It just means like, eh. Cut it out, stop the silent treatment, and just admit that you're not the center of everything and just uh, and be, uh, give your heart to Krishna. Don't be envious. And if you can do that, then the light comes back on again. Because there was nothing wrong in the first place. Otherwise, I get all turned around and I'm so full of fear. It can be solved by Krishna consciousness just uh, turning towards Krishna. What does it mean? Mike. Go ahead.
3: Ignorance um, is from 1200. Lack of wisdom or knowledge from old French ignorance from Latin ignorantia, which means want of knowledge Ignoration has been used in the sense, act of ignoring. The proverb in the form where ignorance is bliss, tis folly to be wise, is from Gray's Ode on a Distant Prospect of Eton College.
1: What are the most important points from that? Just say for yourself.
3: Um, Latin ignorantia, which means want of knowledge, that's ignorance, as well as ignoration, is act of ignoring.
1: Cool. Can you expound
3: on that? Um, I actually found it quite interesting that the word ignorantia is want of knowledge. And ignorance, it usually means that you don't want knowledge, but maybe in some inner desire that um, it ends up like being layered with so many different emotions and thoughts that deep down you still want knowledge gets covered up by the ignorance itself.
1: Swallowed up by ignorance. Anything else you want to add? So, a way of uh, avoiding knowledge. Yes, Melanie. Thank you.
8: Um, the uh, I read in extension to what Manjulakanta was saying. You also mentioned. Uh,
1: really hard to hear. Go ahead.
8: <laughs> in extension to what Manjulakanta was saying. Um, I really like the way you told about a devotee is a Vaidya, a representative is a Vaidya. Um, even though a lot of people actually want to ignore Krishna, um, they find creative ways to bring them somehow rather closer to, to Krishna. It's going, I mean, though Krishna said, you know, don't disturb those people who are not interested, but then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent Haridas Thakur and, um, and Nityananda Prabhu to go door to door, and Prabhupada came to the West um, trying to. Preach to hippies, and uh, recently also I, um, uh, I went to the Spanish uh, folk temple. There I saw lamas, and I was wondering, what is this, lamas? <laughs> and then I read about their festival. Um, somehow or other, they are trying to attract people to come, um, even those people who actually want to ignore Krishna. They have been um, facilitated somehow the other way that they can come and appreciate Krishna consciousness, may not be in a direct way, but indirect way. So I was thinking how Vaidya, that word that you mentioned, that the doctor prescribes the medicine according to the time, place, and circumstance. Thank you, Prabhu.
1: Yeah, thank you for reminding us of that and how uh, doctors, when they develop expertise, are able to observe people like, feel their pulse or just look at their quality of their skin or something like that and and they're able to diagnose them and and feel what's wrong and devotees also become or are supposed to become expert in seeing what condition people are in. Ishvari Tadine Shu sheshu Tu Satsucha Prema Maitri Kripopeksha karoti Samadhyamaha is a way in which the devotees see those who are open, they're kind of innocent, sheshu, innocent, childlike people. And then, then there's people who are against Krishna consciousness outwardly and inwardly. That, that, that's their modus operandi. And so there, there are different uh, ways that the Srimad Bhagavatam says we should deal with them that don't um, try to engage the people who are envious. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's, uh, we've seen, I mean, anecdotally that, and of course in the Chaitanya Chartamrita also, that those who were uh, dedicated atheists, it's mentioned in the Chaitanya Bhagavat also, when Nimai Pandit left Navadri, even some of the atheists came and they were lamenting where'd he go? Maybe we did like him after all. <laughs> and he had a he he devised a way to attract people, so, oh, just take sannyas. And then in the culture, people were compelled because when they're babies, you know you see a sannyasi and it's like, okay, bow down. So they're just like, "There's a sannyasi, bow down, it happens to be the supreme personality of Godhead. Um, and also, uh, as Muni says, uh, in one of his f- famous verses that Maya Mrigam Dayita Ypsitam und in the Kali Yuga, people are like animals. Mruga. Yeah Tyakvasudusija Suripsitaraja Lakshmi Dharmishta Arya Vajasa Yaragata and Ya Maya Mragam Dayita Ipsitamund Vidavad. Vandei Mahapurushtecharanarvindam. The uh, people are animal-like because they've forgotten Krishna and Mahaprabhu runs after them to give them the opportunity. I heard once that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives Krishna consciousness even to people who who don't ask for it and Lord Nityananda gives it to people who even don't want it. (laughs) Uh, Yes, okay, one, two. One two, Excuse
9: me. Uh, I was just thinking about the Bhayam Dutiya when that. I was just uh, just yesterday I was reading the first uh, chapter, 28th or twenty verse in the Bhagavad Gita, where he says that um, you know like how we have vaccines for pandemic. Is very appropriate for what Prabhupada mentions in the purport. He says similarly for the material affection, the most important thing is offer 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 the food to Krishna and eat that, so that you know when you eat the prashadam, <laughs> automatically you will be, um, you know, you can actually protect yourself. It's like a vaccine that you can protect yourself from any kind of, um, you know, material affection. I mean, material infection. And I was just connecting it to Das Goswami where he was actually giving it to everybody. And I was just thinking: Is it okay to think that it is Mahaprasadam is very important? Mahamahaprasadam is probably more important because the way he showed it to us—that he was just trying to take from every everything. I mean, all the leftovers are needed. Is that right? Thinking?
1: That's possible, as we know from many statements in Shastra. There are gradations even within perfection. For instance. we know that Dwarka is perfect, Mathura is more perfect, and Vrindavan is the most perfect. And then we hear Vaikun Tajjanito Vara Marupuri Tatrapi Rossot Mudara Pani Ramana Tatrapi Govardanaha Radha Kundamihapi Go Kotapate Primam Retaplavana Kur Yadas Yavirajato Sevam Viveki Nakaha Description of the, the various uh, superlatives within the spiritual realm. And it specifically mentioned that there's maha Prashad and maha-maha-prasad. They're all perfect, but there's a special way in which, I mean, Prabhupada started the movement, really, by distributing prasadam. Mukunda Maharaj describes in his, his uh, extremely riveting and charming book about how Prabhupada, in New York, he invited everyone to the loft, and he had pots full of prasadam. And he went around himself serving it out. And he, his mantra was, take, take, <laughs> take, take. And uh, others recount, in Gary Raj Maharaj's new book, he recounts how Prabhupada, in the beginning, when he, he only had <laughs> some simple means, he, he would just cut up an apple, pass that out. And then some halava, passing it out. And so, anyway, yes, it's possible. It is, that is a thing yes
4: i have a question i need oh, some good. i thank you i need some advice especially like um, when does krishna uh, d- does he randomly show mercy on people i'm asking this because uh, when we are trying to spread krishna consciousness we reach out to a lot of people uh, for example i send out emails or meeting invites that you know this program is upcoming and things like that and immediately i get so many declines um, some of them are auto declines because people are just not available i just keep getting declines and i feel that okay should i send this the next week or should i not i regardless still send it because you know at least one person would join in the group so like like the new york story people are just ignorant how and when krishna chooses to become merciful to that person that that person can reciprocate back to the call that Krishna is making?
1: Well, this question comes up in the beginning of the seventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam because Pariksit Maharaj wants to know, why is it, does it seem like Krishna actually does favor the devas? <laughs> He's supposed to be equal. He says in the Bhagavad Gita, Samo Sarva bhuteshu nami sinapriya. Of course, then he goes on. Yebhajanti tumam bhakti amayi te hum." which is a whole uh, extension of the conversation. But the point is, uh, made there by Dev Goswami, it's not that Krishna's partial, he's not. However, uh, if somebody is, he's always giving his mercy, just like the sun is uh, good for you. It's got vitamin D, not too much, but not too much sun isn't good for you, but um, you have to get some sun But if you go inside your house and you close all the blinds, and then you complain, how come the sun has not given me anything? It's because you're in your house. And Prabhupada gives a similar example in that section of the Bhagavatam, and that is that uh,
0: uh,
1: teachers, they're teaching all their students. But if a particular student becomes uh, interested and begins opening his or her mind and listening more carefully and practicing the lessons, then he gets more or she gets more out of it. And so similarly, Krishna is offering his mercy universally, and it's always waiting for the living entity to turn his attention back to him, and then he gives his full mercy. ye bhaktya maite First part of the verse refers to the paramatma, it means that paramatma is tit for tat whatever you like and all of these verses indicate the ways in which uh, Paramatma is there reminding and facilitating overseer and permitter that if you have a material desire then I don't recommend it but that's what you want so I'll we'll facilitate it and however, when one becomes interested oneself in uh, Krishna and begins to worship him, then Krishna says, ye bhajanti Now his mercy appears to be inordinate because he gives more back to the devotee than, anyone, than he could imagine. Therefore, his name is Vanchatita. More than you could desire, he gives mercy. So it's a, it's a conundrum, uh, however from the point of view of Bhagavad Gita also, yesam tvantakatam papam jananam karmanam te dvanva mohanirbhukta mam There's a way in which Krishna describes people that are uh, more, they're, they're, they're more pious, they're situated in a higher mode of nature. Uh, possible for for them to be more receptive. And also, uh, as encouragement, when Prabhupada was asked this question, he'd often quote, manushanam sahasrishu kashid yatati siddhaye yatatama pisidharam kashin mambeti tattvata. It's rare, out of millions of people, there are only a few that get interested in spiritual life. And of those, hardly uh, one knows me in truth, Krishna says. So it's a very rare thing, actually, that you're offering to people And I mean, how many emails do you answer? (laughs) I mean, do you answer all the emails that come in? So people are overwhelmed and they they don't even know what it is. So we have to really um, make ourselves visible to attract the ones that might be interested. And um, it doesn't mean that if somebody rejects it also that they didn't get some benefit. Maybe in the act of rejecting it, that's, I mean, anecdotally, I mean, every one of you knows some story. You talked to a devotee and said, you know, I hated those guys. Or I thought they were really weird. Or I told them no, or something like that, right? And then they circled back and said, wait, what? What are you doing? And then, (laughs) well, you know, we're we're chanting and this and that. So Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswaj Dhakar told his, his matbasis, matbasis, that you should go out every day and knock on at least three doors. He said, even if people close the door on you, at least they'll think that a saintly person has come here and they'll remember Krishna. And then sometimes when he'd read an unfavorable article written about the, the devotees, he would say, Okay, so how many times did they say Krishna? And that he'd count them up and he'd say, Okay, that wasn't a bad article. <laughs> That was his perspective. So um, you're doing great. You're attracting so many people coming into the uh, bucket. I mean, it's it's amazing how many people are joining your program and coming in and, and giving their full hearts. I mean, even if you got one of those people, the type of people that you have coming into your program, it would be amazing, but you've got half a dozen, a dozen, maybe, that are you know they're sticking if somebody actually comes back to a, a program that's a big deal one time they come back it's like you came back because a lot of people can go one time and then it's like yeah i love this it's great thanks for everything it's like then you never see him again but if they come back they voted with their feet and they came back the second time then there's something like why wait a minute why'd you come back anyway <laughs> you sure you like this <laughs> Do you know all about what we do? <laughs> and they're like, I don't care. I just like you guys. It's a little bit of a mystery. I mean, we can exp- uh, explain from different points of view. In the Bhadurya Kadamani, there's a very kind of enigmatic description of how the Madhyamadi Karis are distributing, and they give mercy. And there's all kinds of back and forth on that, on that issue and dis- uh, discussions in the Srimad Bhagavatam. But from our point of view, just from a practical point of view, that um, it's good for us. Because when we present Krishna consciousness sincerely and as straightforwardly as possible, and then people respond to it, we get invigorated. Because then we remember that, wow, these mantras actually work. Because it's easy enough to get into Niyamagraha and think, I'm chanting, I'm not that advanced, you know, maybe it's Maybe it's just for other people, not for me. Uh, but when we test the mantras, just like in days of yore, when the brahmanas would do a, a, a yagya, and they would bring an animal, and then sacrifice the animal with the mantras. And then the, the animal could little, come back as a little baby animal, or uh, you know, reconstituted that the body, uh, through the mantras, and they go, yeah, the mantras are still working. That's so how they test them out. So we test our mantras, too, for ourselves. It's like you meet somebody and say, like, oh, hey, like, Hare Krishna, and, you know, you're not your body, and go through the <laughs> yeah, mantras. And and then they go, really? Okay, I like this. And they come back, and they go, hey, my mantras work. You know, it's a test, test of the mantras. But the, in general, people aren't interested in anything that has to do with um, there being a boss, many of the religious philosophies that are very popular, so-called religious philosophies, there's no boss there. Like in Mayavad, you become the boss. It's like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And then in in Buddhism or, or nihilistic ideas, there's like, ultimately, there's no boss. There's no nothing. It's like get rid of the boss. And materialism, if you work really hard then you'll be some kind of boss. And Krishna Christian consciousness, Krishna's the boss, that's it. And people are like, nah, I don't know if I like that so much. <laughs> I think I like the other ones where there's no boss, or like I become the boss, <laughs> that sounds better. So generally uh, people's hearts change over time because of association and they notice that uh, devotees are nice. They think, like, wow, they've got some qualities here that we don't recognize. When we're amongst ourselves, oftentimes, you know, there's could be qu- quarreling at, or, you know, a sense of, like, who do you think you are and stuff like that, uh, because we get familiar. But actually, devotees are all exalted. They have such refined qualities. Uh, you no, know, uh, what is it? Five eighteen twelve. Yes, yes, the bhakti, Bhagavatiya Kinshana, Sarvaar Gana Statra Samasati Sura, Harava Bhaktasukutama Hadguna Manuri Tanasati Dhava to Bih the devotees they're chanting Hare Krishna in the process, Vasudevi Bhagavati, Bhakti proja Bhakti Yoga Puryogita, Janaya Yashuvaira, Gyang Yanam Chaya come. They start developing a good qualities and, and people notice that after some time and then they become attracted to it but anyway um it's also uh, a practice to uh, be detached in, in presenting and let people go individual spontaneous and voluntary and they'll notice that too so, uh, you're not too uh clingy or grabby you know you just tr- present it and you know if you like it you can stay Anyway, it's it's a big topic but you're doing great Prabhu Vatsa in the back
5: Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj I was thinking about how indifference was the opposite of um, the opposite of love and I was thinking about how one of the worst feelings one, one of the worst feelings one can experience is um, a feeling of neglect that one has been like, the love that they've given has not been reciprocated properly. And I was thinking about how, how when one is when like if someone hates me, at least there's the thought that hey, at least they remember me, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, I mean, it's a very twisted like satisfaction, but it's it's like. It's better than like complete like neglect. yeah. And I was thinking about how how much pain Krishna has been going through after being neglected for so many lifetimes by me. And he's been giving me all this love and I'm just I've repaid it by completely neglecting his existence and acting as if I'm the center of everything and centering my life ra- around my needs and this is what I want to do and I'll I'll nurture this bad habit rather than become a good devotee. And I was thinking about that, and I remember points you made in previous classes about how even Kamsa hated Krishna, but he got some benefit out of it. But King Vena was completely negligent of Krishna, and he got nothing out of it. And how if one wants to really join the, the movement of Mahaprabhu, one has to make the process a very personal thing for themselves and really, um, really like dive into it.
1: Nice points, Srivata. Prabhu, thank you very much. And then let's. Uh, I would like to hear any commentary you'd like to uh, um, speak on Irma Ladavy uh, uh, that's come up so far.
10: Alright, I'm, I'm sorry I missed the first part. We got. I got in very late last night. I I, I just had some thoughts about. With the same idea about indifference and hatred, and I'd, I'd really like to hear from you. Uh, it just it something I never thought about before, kind of exploring. So that generally, the way that we're supposed to deal with maya is indifference. You know, it's in the sixty-four angas of bhakti. I think it's in the first twenty to not, you know, rejoice in wonderful things and lament in negative things. And it's it's repeating instruction, even as far as sadhana bhakti. You know, it's just this indifference to happiness and distress, and heat and cold, and fame and infamy, honor and dishonor, and even, Prabhupada even uses the word callous. And he'll say you become callous even about the death of a near relative. And so our, when we talk about detachment, we have this indifference. In, in you know, to the, uh, Jed Bharata, it said that he had felt waves of dissatisfaction in his mind from the insults of Rahugan, and he just neglected them. But then thinking about neglect and indifference as the opposite of love, rather than hate being the opposite of love, we're not to hate anything. and. Like, you, you made this statement that once we look at Krishna, we realize there's no. Pro- there really was never a problem. And you see, that everything is — Prabhupada — this one class of Prabhupada says three times in a row, that to the great devotees, there is no material world, there is no material world, there's no material world. So I'm trying to kind of — all right, if I'm going to see Krishna everywhere, and I see everything as Krishna's energy that's none different from him, then I love everyone and everything, and everything that happens is a source of joy. And yet we find this repeated instruction about indifference. So I was considering, and I'd like your feedback on this if if I'm going in the right direction with this, that what we're indifferent to is not the world, that what we're indifferent to is the energy of forgetting Krishna. It almost sounds like a tautology. It's like we'd be, in, we'd be indifferent to the indifference. We're, we're neutral toward the, this ignoring of Krishna, but we're not neutral toward the world. Am I, am I onto something here? I never thought about it this way before. And just in listening to you, I was just like,
1: "Well, you're always on to something."
10: Well, but I wonder if it's something in the right
2: direction <laughs>
1: or not. Well, yeah, obviously, it's in the right direction, and and you know, you already started to answer it, and you know, open the discussion in a certain way. And some of it is really help. The semantics of it is helpful. So, you know, look into what we mean by indifference. I was considering that there's a sense of respect that Prahlad Maharaj has for the material energy. He respects the fact that it's extremely powerful and that if I'm completely indifferent to it, I might get sucked back in, or if, if I forget its power. And really, this is the sum and substance of sambandha jnana. There's an element of exploring the material world and noticing that it's... Okay, it's um analo vayu kamano puri evacha, ahankara ityame bina prakriti rashtada. It's a it's a separated energy, but what makes it separate is consciousness. Prabhupada describes that in uh Brahmaarpanam, Brahmarpanam Brahmahavir Brahmagnau Brahmanhutam Brahmaiva Tenagantavya Brahmakarma Samadina. The ways in which when uh, separated energies are used in the service of the source of the, those energies, then it becomes uh, its spiritual qualities regained. And uh, Narda says a similar thing in, at the end of Chapter 5 of the first candle of the Bhagavatam. And Prabhupada mentions in the purport to Brahmarpanam Brahmahavir that the uh, matter is just spirit covered over by this misunderstanding of its source. And so, uh, I think that there's, through Sambandhagyan, there's an element that's important that you're bringing up, that the devotees remember the tattva, tattva, the the thatness of it, what category is it in? Uh, If somebody doesn't have tattva, if they don't have a clear idea of what category it's in, for instance, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quoted from Vishnu Purana when he says, Vishnu Shakti Paraprokta, Kshetra Tatapura, Avidya Karma Sanghyangya Triteya Shakti Rishite He described for the benefit of Sanatan Goswami and all of us that there are three categories of energy. One of them is internal. The other one is the external, which is uh, symptomized uh, uh, of being full of fruit of activities. And the third is the Tatasta Shakti that can uh, interact with either of them so Mandagyan, there's this um, understanding of the category that the material nature comes into. And I, th- I, when I was listening to your excellent question, I was thinking that there's a way in which one could, to one's peril, neglect the material nature, and and it can circle back around and bite you. In the vernacular, there's a way. <laughs> there's a way in which sometimes, by not seeing its connected connection to Krishna obviously we uh, miss the opportunity to actually become renounced if if we see it as uh, Krishna's energy then and there's a way to engage it then we don't fall into the uh, the trap of uh, simply ignoring it but we see it in its uh, rightful connection to Christian, we're able to engage it in that way. What were you going to say? Okay. Same thing? Are we going down the right path? Or do you want to ask it again to get us back on track? Uh, also, Keep going. It's
10: also just interesting, the branches you're taking it in. It's also interesting. Maybe if I were to put it really succinctly, we would say, what is the role of indifference? Because there's so many quotes. Throughout the Shastra about this neutrality towards happiness and distress honor dishonor fame infamy mm. you know so many about about this neutrality and then we also have so many quotes about seeing Krishna everywhere one who sees me everywhere and sees everything in me I never never lost to him and he's never lost to me premonigenatory deductktiologia I mean with so many so can you
1: well, in a practical way.
10: Can you put those two things together?
1: I'll try. It's, there's a practical side. For devotees, the the direction really is that everything's engageable in, in a service. And those um, aspects of the material nature that could distract us from service uh, we're, we're careful to avoid them. In other words, our avoidance of material nature, or our neglect of material nature, is that aspect of the material nature that might, dis, might distract us from service. And so there's a, there's a sense of tender, loving neglect that we give it at TLN. Uh, we're neglecting it because there are certain things, that I'm going this way and my service, this thing might distract me in another way and also, it's important to recognize as one's neglecting it that it's Krishna's uh, illusory energy which is giving me a, a test. It's testing me to see what my resolve is, and I, and the devotee, in that sense, could could welcome it to show, well, okay, there's unflinching devotional service. So Krishna just gave me a chance to flinch. That all these. Uh, reactions that i'm getting this kumbi paka i'm in it's actually i put myself in the pot i turned on the heat i got the spoon and i'm stirring it up and and i you know i remember that although this is an agitating energy and it's uh disturbing everything where did it come from that's there within the sambandha again uh remembering one's sambanda one's connection to it and then as per the Avadutta Brahmana, there's a way in which you know looking at the material nature becomes a, a source of instruction for the advanced devotees who's seeing that um, there's the prostitute, there's the the mountain, the tree, the arrow maker. It's not uh, distracting at all because the devotees seeing the lesson in it. So we've seen in a practical way uh, for instance in our own organization that those who don't have this refinement in the way that they deal with the material nature make um, neglect things or people artificially and then create another kind of a problem and that happens obviously um (laughs) Oftentimes for those who are uh, beginning in any process, they don't know how to apply everything and they overdo it and um, aren't, they're not nuanced enough in their uh, understanding of how to, how to neglect properly. There should be a, cl- a class at the university, applied neglect. <laughs> That's Krishna consciousness. What are you studying? What's your major in? Applied neglect. <laughs> and that's why I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I mean, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he was asked, What's a Vaishnava? He said, Asat Sangatyag, a Vaishnava somebody who knows how to properly neglect somebody. And Prabhupada to, talks about this. So does the Bhagavatam itself, seventh canto, end of the seventh canto. Narada Muni is talking to Yudhishthira, and he tells him that. A grahasta for instance, isn't to emotionally starve the family members because that person, you know, let's say it's a father of the family, feels like I'm a sannyasi even though I'm in this ashram. You know, it's like I'll show them. It's like they don't talk to their kids and you know their wife. And like, who are you? you know, You're Maya. You know, uh, Narda basically said that won't work. It's not how you. That's not how you neglect. He said. Inwardly, you remember that that all this is an arrangement by the energy of the Lord, and I'm interacting with other living entities who are in a, have their own existential situation that they're in, and and therefore there's an inner detachment that's um, informed by one's understanding of the relationship that they all have with Krishna and with Krishna's external energy, and and therefore they're able to. Dance the dance to move move through the world, and not become. It appears that they're expert. They are expert. They become more expert in dealing with the material nature. In fact, Prabhupada says, when dealing with materialistic people, a devotee says, "Yes, sir. Very good, sir." Like, yeah, fine, no problem, because uh, he knows when to zig and zag, like, uh, and just agree and move on for some things that are not important externally because you have to to stay adjusted to the world but internally he's not opening his heart uh, to that person and um, and the reason that he's neglecting to open his heart to the person is for his own safety so that it doesn't become uh, overrun by the same scars that he just got rid of because when people are optimistic about the material world, there's a kind of energy that comes from them too that 's kind of dangerous. People are thinking the material world's not such a bad idea i don 't know what you got wrong what you think is wrong with it you know you could you could do well here there's other things that are fine in this world besides Krishna consciousness, which is true if you know how to connect them to Krishna consciousness in your mind, but then you forget the tattva and you can become anyway I think i 'm Going on and on, but it's a good topic. You yeah, please.
10: I, I was just thinking this one lecture where Prabhupada was saying, if you see a beautiful garden, and you say it's all false, then the gardener will become depressed. <laughs> and so he said, if you look at the world and say it's all false, he said Krishna will become depressed. He said, don't depress Krishna. And I was just listening to what you were saying. Now I thought the only thing that we're supposed to ignore is our ignoring Krishna. We should ignore the tendency to ignore Krishna, so that when that comes, whether it comes in the form of mundane happiness and distress or you know the, the various ups and downs of the mind and the emotions and the body and the, that all push us to ignore Krishna, that we should ignore. But ultimately, and this is when you were saying about not having your heart open, I, the, Ultimate issue: We should actually be able to have our heart open to everyone and everything, isn't it? And, I mean, we can't do that in the beginning, or we'll we'll be in a lot of trouble. But ultimately, to get to that point where what we're the only thing we're indifferent to and ignoring is the ten, is anything that will push us to ignore Krishna. Is that?
1: Yeah, and uh, as I was saying it, I was thinking sankirtan devotees that. Their heart's open to everybody. They're looking to fan the spark. It, that, that's a, a good way to move about the world, because you're thinking how to do good for others. That's the nature of a, an advanced devotee, is that he or she knows how to do good for others. And Prabhupada said the best way to control the mind, or one of the best ways, is to think of how to do good for others. And if you know how to do good for others, then you've really got a good job. Because you feel confident that wow i really you've thought about it a lot and you know how to do good for others so there is a kind of way in which your heart's open to everybody you, know, you go to the door and the guys are like you know i don't like this and you go yeah but we like you and you really mean it uh because you're thinking like yeah i've heard that before it doesn't work you know Just you're gonna like this <laughs> take it <laughs> and you know just uh you know we're the devotees are effusive in their love for for uh, all living entities because they're thinking like, okay, I heard once, there's a way in which the, the, the least advanced person judges somebody by their past. That's what they did in the past, so this is my, uh, the way I think of them. And then more advanced person, they think of them how they are now. Past, let it sleep. This is what you are, you know, I'm taking you as you are now. But the most advanced are the ones who think of the potential of the person. I don't care what you did in the past or what you are now. I know what your potential is. And that's the feeling everyone got from Prabhupada, as, as kind of kirata hunanda pulinda pulkasha. You get it from Shukadeva Swami too. Does Who cares where they're from <laughs> or, uh, you know, what kind of neglect um, mechanism they have? It's, they could still take to Krishna consciousness and the heart's really open. Everyone felt like uh, Prabhupada loved them because he did on that level that you're speaking of. So I think you brought us to the siddhanta very purposefully. Through all kinds of my meanderings, you brought it back to the perfect point. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. And (laughs) And now, just like the old days, we get to have Guru Puja. Oh! Questions on the board. How many are there? Huh? Four questions on the board. Well, we don't have any more time. We have to have Guru Puja. So save the questions, if you would, and then we'll answer them at the very next opportunity, which may be tomorrow. Okay? Thank you very much. the